welcome back to Bread and Butter, where we are serving up the basics for Hearthstone improvement. I'm Tito Santana, and as you can tell by the fact that I am introducing us, um, Doc is not here tonight. He is having a monsoon issue, which has knocked out his internet. But we had such an important guest today, we decided that we were going to roll on regardless. Let me introduce you to Electric Sheep City. How are you tonight, Mr. City? Meowdy, friend. I'm doing fantastic. How are you this fine evening? I am fantastic as well. I just went to the YMCA with my kid. He has Taekwondo, and he wanted to go swimming afterwards, and we ran into some of his friends from school, so that was fun. But um, I'm glad that's done, and now it's time to talk a little Hearthstone. So speaking of Hearthstone, what have you been playing in Hearthstone, my friend? Yeah, I've been playing a little bit of everything. So in Wild, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, uh, Mech Paladin and Aggro Druid have been my go-tos. Aggro Druid, I, I always try it, see, see if I can find a meta that it works. It kind of works in this one, so I've been playing a little more of it. Uh, in Twist, mostly Dude Paladin. And in Standard, Unholy Death Knight and a different Dude Paladin. So a lot of Pally there. It's been a blast. Now, is, is Pally your... Go ah, well, we'll get to that later. Never mind. Hold on. I'll, I'll get to that later. I have also been playing Wild, and I've also been playing Mech Paladin, and that is thanks to you who put me onto that list. I am currently... Let me pull up my stats real quick, because I think this is worth noting. I am 25-7 and seven with the deck, and that is with a, um, a short losing streak of um, 1, 2, 3, 4 out of 9 games at the end of last night. Um, once I hit around um, Platinum 5, I'm almost at uh, Diamond 10, and I'm coming off 5 stars. Uh, I was, for a long time, around 90%, 91%. I was at the place yeah. where I was getting wins, and my percentage wasn't changing. So that <laughs> felt really good, and that deck is sick. So um, thank you for that. I've really enjoyed it. Now, how close is that deck to being Twist? Um, uh, valid because I don't think it's too close to being twist valid uh, that particular one um, dude paladin though you know there, there's a lot of silver hand recruit synergies um, so so that's kind of what I've been running in twist instead of the the mechanical variant fair enough but my goal has just been um, I had five stars in wild seven stars in twist and I got Twist up to Diamond, and I'm trying to get Wild up to Diamond. I'm not trying to shoot the moon here. I'm just trying to get close enough that next month I can get a little closer, a little easier. And then once I can get up to, you know, a nine-star bonus or something, I can then try to just push to Legend without killing myself to get there. But um, it's great. Thank you so much for that deck. Uh, I, it has been a game-changer. Uh, I'm glad it's been treating you well. How about outside of the game? What have you been up to? Outside of the game, it's been a little rockier. Um, I uh, I was sick. My son was sick. Uh, he's in daycare, hence why we were both sick. <laughs> um, uh, so kind of rotating those uh, and also catching up on grad school because he's in daycare. So we've been <laughs> spending a lot of the past month uh, kind of trading sickness uh, back and forth. Uh, so the, that particular grad class is almost done. So it's like, okay, the final push, I'm, I'm caught up. Just have to do, like, finish it out. So, so I've been, been doing a, playing a lot of grad school as well. It's been not quite as fun, but uh, rewarding for sure. Oh, you're the one going to grad school. At first, I thought you were saying that your son was both in grad school and daycare, which I was going to say was a lot to put on his plate <laughs> so young. He, he's a, a little Einstein. What can I say? Fair enough. I used to love that show, actually. Um, but I'm sorry you're not feeling well, but it looks like you're feeling better. I remember last week you had a, a bit of a stomach bug. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Good to see you back on your feet. You look like you're, you know, you, you're looking uh, healthy. So. Glad to see so it. much better. Thank you. <laughs> so this weekend for me, um, I had my grandkid over and that always eats up the whole weekend because having so my my son is uh, nine. My grandson is six. And so they basically are like brothers, but, you know, whatever. And they have so much energy when they come together that it is exhausting. And then, you know, the next day is a recovery day after that. But. You know, it is what it is. We had some fun. We went to a local science museum and did the things. Outside of that, I've been working on losing weight. Uh, I've lost probably 
eight pounds since I came back from Disney World, and we're doing it without, um, we're, we're trying to give up some things and not everything, but, like, I, I'm drinking my coffee black. I think I talked a little bit about this last week, but I'm constantly seeing, like, you know, you get on the scale, you go up a couple pounds, you go down a couple pounds, mm-hmm. whatever, but I'm constantly seeing when I weigh myself at a certain time of the day that I'm either maintaining or inching down and every once in a while I have a day where I gain like a pound because you know I, I we went to do something the day before and I'm not gonna not have I'm not gonna not go out if we go out I'm not gonna like you know eat poorly when I'm out because I'm trying to eat I'm, I'm going to endure those as long as I stick to the medium of eating well most of the time it seems to ha- help and I've been eating salads every day for lunch and all that but uh, I'm seeing that number come down and I'm pretty happy about it um, congrats I, Thank you. And outside of that, so um, I've started a new program. I don't think I talked about this last week. I might have, but I don't. Um, I had an idea listening to Blister Guy. And if I did talk about this last week, I apologize. But this is exciting for me, so I'm going to talk about it again. Um, Blister Guy, if you've ever listened to Walk to Work, he has two parts of his show. The first part, he's talked whatever the topic of the day is. Maybe, you know, a lot. Of, right now, he's talking all about the new cards from Titan, which is very exciting. And then the second half of the show... He talks through a, a game of Hearthstone as he's walking. That's the concept of it. And I thought that was really interesting that he does that. You know, it's been it's always entertaining to listen to. But then he had he was talking about um, his commercial that he, or his uh, card reveals that he do and how the process went through that. And then he also mentioned that his show also works kind of like a uh, extra content for people that are sight impaired or or. Um, blind or or you know just can't look at the screen or or maybe they're distracted with other things because he does a full narration of the things that he's doing because he's trying to tell you paint paint you a picture of the game while he's walking while we're listening to a podcast which is not what most people do and I thought that was great and I'm already streaming so I thought maybe I could do the similar thing whereas like I could just take a couple games where I could try to talk through the entire thing that's called in the business low effort uh content because i'm already Mm -hmm. doing something i'm adding a little bit to it and then i can rip that out and put it i'm thinking about maybe doing a podcast i'm also going to do a show about it um on youtube i'm not sure where it'll end up yet but we'll, we'll figure that out um but i'm excited about the concept and i ended up finding my way into a accessibility discord which was really cool and those people are fantastic and love the game and you know, they, a lot of times when people are streaming on Twitch or making content on YouTube, they're talking through some of their stuff, but they're not telling you the board state because you can see the board state. They're not telling you, hey, this was my hand. This was my mulligan because you can see that. So it just seemed like an opportunity to start making some interesting content. So I'm hopefully going to continue with that. And um, I'm excited about that. So we'll see how it goes. But um how excited are you for tomorrow? We are currently on Titan Eve. Uh, Excitement abounds. I cannot wait for the <clears throat> Titans. Ooh, I like it. Um, <laughs> now, have have you been playing any arena to get your early fix of Titans? or Not quite yet. Um, my kind of current strategy, um, I'm a, a little bit of a whale, but to kind of curb that a little bit now that we can actually buy golden packs and buy golden packs with gold hoarding my gold like a dragon to just completely spend on golden packs whenever that drops tomorrow so can't wait so electric dragon city is now the rebrand which is fine um i am very excited as well so do you have a typical um ritual that you do on on the day every time an expansion launches or does it depend depending on how things are yeah it kind of depends on how things are um you know always obviously open my packs um this time i did a a pre pre pre-order or pre-release um you know fireside gathering to open all the you know ones that i already could to kind of start in on that i i only uh bought the mega bundle um but already have two signature legendaries so really excited about that uh, so definitely going to be spending all my gold on golden packs, open those, and then just dive in. So excitement abounds. Do you have a, a kind of new expansion ritual yourself? I do not. Um, I ha- Last expansion, I opened up my stuff for the first time by doing a, uh, uh, you know, quote unquote, uh, personal uh, tavern brawl or whatever it's called, the... Um, 
you know, fireside. Yeah. Fireside. Yes. That's the word I'm looking for. Words hard talk. Um, but I didn't do it this time and I prefer to open up my, uh, my standard packs and maybe class packs first. And then, and I, I don't know if there's any statistical reason for it. I just prefer to do it that way. And, um, I did, I did win a bundle. I won a standard bundle um, through a promotion. I was happy about that. I was going to actually give it away on stream last night, except that the entire weekend re-grand grid. Um, I, I didn't have an opportunity mm -hmm. to promote it and all that. And so I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep it this time, And which I, you know, you know, I want it. And mm -hmm. instead, I'm going to save that money for possibly getting a stream deck that I want to get, or I'm also looking to get a... a a box that lets you connect your guitar and audio into the computer to start messing with that. So I've been, I've been working on that. So I said, I'm just going to keep the standard bundle. Now I'm not sure if I'm also going to buy the, uh, the bigger bundle, which I really want to, but that's, that's a lot of money. I have plenty of dust. Mm -hmm. It kind of screws me for the signature cards by not getting it. But what I'm going to do as I think I have like 76,000 gold or something like that. Uh, or, or, or sorry, seventy six hundred gold. So I'm gonna buy probably golden packs with those. Open my standard bundle, and they usually have another bundle where it's like, hey, get twenty dollars worth of packs plus us two legendaries and whatever. Mm -hmm. By the way, don't forget if you're listening to this now, if you have not redeemed your prime epic free, do that tomorrow. Wait till after the expansion goes live, and you will get an epic from that. And I would do that before you open your packs. That way you have an epic already, so that way you're already um, going to hit that towards your uh, your collection protection there. So definitely do that. But no, I I, I have a plan. Like so, I've I've done things all different. Um, I've mm -hmm. attempted to play the most aggro uh, from the last expansion previously, and just farm people playing it to try to get to legend as fast as possible, which I know is not the nice thing to do. Um, but I, you know, at at times like you know it was before I was able to usually make it to legend. So I wanted to get as much as possible. I want to make content this month or try to make content this month. So ideally the better you, the, the lower your number is when you have content that you're releasing, the more people kind of pay attention to it. So mm -hmm. my goal tomorrow is a little different is I'm going to try to play some of the more aggro decks, newer decks. So I'm going to try to probably play some of the secret, uh, secret aggro hunter, uh, yeah. I'll probably try to play some uh, Demon Hunter, which just looks like it's going to um, probably be one of the emergency nerf candidates. Um, but I also want to mess around with things like... Uh, it, I want to quickly start messing around things like I want to do a Cage Head Plague deck where we're death growling some of the death growl plagues and, and spreading those and just getting more and more plagues into the deck. And also, oh, by the way, I also have the option to get a cage head and then dead air and then, you know, go face. So I want to do fun things like that, too. So I'm torn, but we'll see. Um, what are you excited to play? I'm probably most excited to play with the plagues. Um, I'm just inching, inching towards the 1000 when death knight portrait and got like 90 wins away so it's just like find a death knight deck that i like just continue to jam that one and and see if i can use the plagues to get me over there we'll see if those work maybe more the like unholy aggro um like death rattle one with the the new kraken card um that one looks real that deck looks really powerful too so we'll we'll see what I end up settling with, but Death Knight's what I'm I'm most excited to to start jamming first. Is Death Knight your last one K that you need to get? That's the last one. So close. <laughs> I am about I want to say two hundred ish on Demon Hunter away, and I'm like six hundred and fifty ish away on Death Knight, and that's it. I did find out today that I am on Sadisi's top 100 hunter list. I, I, I looked, I submitted my name, and I said, hey, I think I belong on this list, or maybe I do, I don't know. And obviously I'm way far away from first place, but I made the list. Apparently I have too many priest wins. That has also <laughs> hurt, my, hurt my chances to ad advance higher on that list. But um, it was nice to like just even get my name out there, and hey, I'm on a list now, so cool. Yeah, and you're, you're higher on the list than I am, too. I have... Hunter used to be my... Probably... Mage used to be my highest, and Warlock used to be up there. 
but uh, I, I hit a run where I played a lot of Hunter, and Hunter was my first Legend. I played the Dragon Hunter as a Legend. Um, I then uh, played a lot. I got to Legend with the Beast Hunter a couple months ago and jammed Good a lot deck. of games. And Oh, it's a fun deck. Um, that was pre-Hollow Hound, I believe. But I also did... Mm-hmm finish this month that we just finished i also finished there with beast hunter because i was trying a bunch of things and i just was getting frustrated i even tried the naga mage and i tried other things and a lot of times it was middling 50 percent, and it just wasn't going to get me there so you said you know what we're just going to roll with the hound hunter and i think i did it in the night so whatever oh um, faithful it's such a good deck it's it's hard and i'm it's, it's going to be even stronger it's demon hunter the hunters are going to be nerfed real quick i think so um especially if they i wonder if they're deciding well you know maybe we need to change how um always a bigger jagermeister works because um it's but it's broken and it still works so what if they when they fix it to work as intended they're just setting it up to probably be i don't know what you have to bring what do you do with core uh, uh with hollow hound you bring you make it a two six at cost seven I'm not sure if you nerf Hound or if you actually uh, nerf the Jägermeister, you know, put it the way that it is now where it's broken, you know, before they fix it uh, for actual proper release. Right. Yeah. I don't see. But what I'm starting to get a little hungry, so I think it's time to get into our um, appetizers. And that's where we talk to our guest who um, I know is is not as hungry as I am because I saw him eating before we started. Um, But. (laughs) Okay, Electric Sheep City. Before we even get into the interview, um, where did that name come from? Yeah, so was going to actually start a podcast with my friend about um, uh, cyberpunk books and, you know, do androids dream of electric sheep is the the Philip K. Dick novel that uh, Blade Runner is based off of. And so, you know, we, we got the, the URL electric sheep dot city and, you know, like change all the stuff. And then we just didn't end up like recording that thing. And I'm like, you know what? I've already got all this stuff for it. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to move forward with now. So, so it's kind of a, a holdover from a, a podcast that we didn't actually end up starting. <laughs> if I had a dime for every project I've started and never pushed through, I'd, I'd be able to probably fund the rest of my projects. Um, <laughs> But how did, how did you get started in gaming in Hearthstone? Yeah, so gaming is really hard to say. Um, Pokemon Blue was the first game that I remember getting really into. Um, so I'd play like Super Mario RPG and Donkey Kong Country and like Star Fox on, you know, the neighbor's Super Nintendo. But I didn't have a Super Nintendo myself. Um, so whenever... Game Boy, uh, Pokemon came out. I got got a Game Boy, got Pokemon, and that that was the one that that you know really stuck with me as the first first one that I dove deep into. Uh, Hearthstone, however, that same friend that I was going to start that podcast with, we're we're still you know best friends. Um, he got me into Hearthstone, and I was completely free to play for the longest time. I also played in casual. Because ranked, you know, oh, it's ranked. That That's where people who know what they're doing, that's where they go. Uh, so for the longest time, I was actually just playing in casual. Um, and now you can find me playing anything and everything, no matter, you know, my rank. It doesn't matter. Like, I, I can be, like, highly ranked and I'm just, like, playing jank because it's fun. And I could be, like, lowly ranked and playing, you know, some meta stuff because that's what I'm having fun with, too. So I play Hearthstone to have fun. So, you know. That whatever's tickling my fancy, then it's kind of what I'm jamming. Fair enough. So you're a content creator and you currently create some stuff. How did you get even started the content creation, including like streaming and podcasting? How'd that all start? Yeah. So I got into streaming through a former acquaintance. Um, he had like a weekly stream um, and he kind of let me pick his brain um, on you know the basics. You know, what is an obs what is an obs <laughs> you know f- f- kind of figure out my, my way through that that with a, a little bit of a mentor um but for podcasting um so i'm currently one of the, the hosts on born to be wild a hearthstone podcast um we actually recently got into the creator program so really excited about that thank you thank you <laughs> um so i was really involved with born to be wild um you know friends with the hosts and stuff like that um 
you know, they, they had three hosts at the time. Uh, one of them stepped down and I was I was already really involved in the, the community, knew the dudes, had been on, on the uh, podcast as a guest before and was asked to kind of fill in full time and never looked back. Now, were you working on trying to attain Hat's crown for being a guest on many podcasts? Because you did spend some time on uh, Squelch as almost a fill-in host for a while, and uh, you've been on some others. So so is that a, a lofty expectation for you to try to be on every podcast you can be? Um, not trying to be on them, but I, I like connecting with people. Um, you know, I, I like talking to people. You know, that's... That's what, one of the reasons why I'm here, right? Um, so being part of those communities and when people know that, hey, you, I've heard you on this other thing. Do you want to be on mine too? Uh, you know, to, to guest over here. I, I do. I like talking to people. So <laughs> I listen to all these podcasts anyway. So um, I'm not trying to, to steal uh, uh, or usurp uh, Ridiculous Hat's crown, um, but at the same vein, I'm, I'm not trying to like actively avoid it either. Fair enough. Now, we did not actually acquire uh, Electric Sheep City's appearance today from being on another podcast. We actually just found him on podcast Twitter. I mean, on podcast, uh, um, what do you call it? Tinder. Um, okay. Sorry, you can tell That's I true. don't have to use any of those dating apps. Um, <laughs> same. So you used to stream, but you haven't streamed, I believe, in a couple years. So, which is kind of weird because a couple years ago is, you know, kind of the height of COVID, height of whatever. So why did you stop streaming? And do you plan on coming back to it? Yeah, so I stopped streaming actually because COVID ended. Um, well, I lived in Texas at the time. I no longer live, live in Texas. And they decided that COVID was done. And so they were like, come back to the office. And whenever I went back into the office, the demands on, on our time were still similar to like the work from home times. And so it's like, hey, you're you're having to be here till like 7 8 p.m and i just was like i was i was so tired i was like uh, i, I want to get back to streaming but like just can't do it right now but then i got a new job and we moved and my partner got pregnant and <laughs> it was a tricky pregnancy and then i got into uh, grad school and then <laughs> um we were, uh, she, um, you know, ha had our son, which is fantastic. Um, and then we were in the NICU for um, about a month. He's fine now. Yeah, everything is, is great, with the exception of the, the stomach bug uh, last week. But um, so, you know, it's just like all of the things just was pulled in so many directions that never kind of started the streaming up again. So while I don't have any active plans to come back to streaming, um, if I find myself with some uninterrupted time, <laughs> especially with a newborn, that's funny right about now, um, then then I'll definitely come back at that point. But uh, that, that's probably a, a few years in the future at this point with the with the little one. Well, that's fair. And if you ever want to come on my stream and hang out for a night and play some games, we can definitely make that happen. Uh, maybe play a little while, maybe play that. But speaking of wild. So I, I was talking to you and I asked you this question today. I said your main. So your main focus on content is wild. But you consider yourself more of a standard player. Not that you dabble in everything and you have success in just about everything, but you consider yourself a standard player. But all your content is wild. So how does that work? Yeah. So I consider myself a constructed player. Uh, so so not necessarily just standard or or wild or twist, um, which I had a blast with as well, and can't wait to see what our next twist is in September. Um, but the thing is, I just really love playing Hearthstone. Um, so I, I can remember back back in the before days, before days before the standard wire, wild split, um, you know, I, I said I started playing, uh, you know, just in casual. I crafted my very first legendary, Dr. Boom, crafted him the very day that they announced the standard and wild split. I was like, Dr. Booms, I'm not going to be able to play him in, in standard. Well, I want to play wild, too, then. And so, I, you know, just kind of never looked back at that point. That's also whenever I kind of switched from the free to play model to the like, OK, if I want to be able to play both and, you know, keep up with the standard thing, then I'm going to have to actually like buy packs and try and keep up with it. And 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 now I'm, you know, saying some some whale noises as well. What, what can I say? That's fair. And I always I always find the free to play thing interesting because 
you need the free to play players to have enough people to keep your queues going and to make sure their game's on. But Hearthstone, in my opinion, has been even before we had the new rewards track and all that. I've always felt like they've been very generous for free to play players. So it always used to drive me crazy when people used to complain about it because you are getting so much in, in like they all say, well, I'm a free to play player and they need to give me more stuff. It's like, OK, you realize this is a company that has a game that they're trying to sell to make money. And they're allowing you to play. How much do you think they need to give you? And that's and maybe that's not a popular opinion. That's fine. But it always drove me a little nuts because I'm like, they 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 are so generous and they keep getting more and more generous. They have like the releases, the what they gave us like how many packs over the last month for just watching streamers and encouraging so many. So it, it's just like when when people complain, like I see people like, oh well, I crafted this card, but then you. This, then you nerf this card, which that's the only reason I crafted this other card, and I should get the dust back for that. And I'm like, I get it, but I'm also like, come on, Let, let's, let's. But you know that anyway. That is what it is. I'm. I wouldn't say I'm a whale, but I, I, I definitely, I, I buy when I want to buy, um, mm-hmm. and I don't when I don't, or when it when I can afford to. But um, I, I'm not going to complain if i can't afford something i just i have enough dust and all that so i guess i'm kind of privileged in that way but i've earned that because i've been playing since open beta and you know it, it's one of those things i i want to rebuild my wild collection up a little bit more um i think i'm 73 percent through the whole collection i'm no guy grumpy but you know we're working on it um you'll get there what's your favorite class and uh what's the first deck you made legend with yeah if so you can remember my all-time favorite class is probably Druid. Um, Aggro Druid in particular is my favorite deck. Whenever Aggro Druid is good in whatever format it's good in, like you will find me there playing that deck because that's that's my jam. Um, the one that I really like in Wild is the like Embiggen version. Um, so I absolutely love that one. Um, but the deck that I hit Legend with for the first time was Paladin. Um, but it was not an aggressive deck, which, you know, I, I talked about Mech Paladin and now Aggro Druid. I hit Legend for the first time with Shervala OTK Paladin. The one with two OTK possibilities, Shervala and uh, <laughs> the Uther Death Knight. So you had a, a number of different like options to get there. And it was it was just a puzzle. Like every game was a puzzle. See if I can figure it out. Sometimes I was able to, to figure it out. Sometimes my opponents defeated, made, made my hero portrait explode before I got there. But uh, it was so much fun. Um, and I was uh, uh, coached a little bit by Papa Jason on that one, which was was really, really fun. Um to, to kind of learn it under his tutelage and, you know, kind of take it to the next step after that. Very, very nice. Uh, so this is a silly question. Like it doesn't have to, it can be a serious answer. It can be a funny answer it doesn't, or whatever. But what is something that people might find surprising about you? So honestly, it's probably um, something that I did kind of mention before, which was that I started out playing casual. Cause you know, now I've, you know, hit legend, uh, I looked it up right before the show. I've hit legend now 81 times and, but you know, between standard wild classic and now twist. Um, but starting out, I wouldn't touch the ranked mode cause it was just like so intimidating to me at the time. So that, that's probably what people would find like the most surprising. And you'll find the, the weird stuff there too. Like sometimes you see people try harding there, but most of the are, are practicing with the deck before they bring it out there. But a lot of times they're like, Hey, I wonder what will happen if I did this. And like, they don't want to take it to the main ladder. And I don't believe there's an MMR in, in, in casual. So, or at least there wasn't initially, maybe there is, but I don't think there is. So you just play, you might queue in there and then you play, you know, McBanner face trying something out before we takes it to the ladder. And it's like, boy, that guy just wiped me off the face of the earth. <laughs> um, well, now that we know our guests, I think it's time to dive into our main topic because I'm getting kind of hungry, um, mostly probably because I've been eating salad for lunch, but you know, it is about that time. So our main topic today is wild and, uh, we haven't had a, I don't think we've had a guest on to talk about wild and, uh, what better person to have on than somebody that has a podcast about it. So what's the current state of wild? I mean, sometimes like you have a wide open meta in Wild and it feels like you can play anything. And sometimes it feels like Wild is dominated by one or two decks. So where are we right now? 
Yeah, so right now the meta is a little bit top heavy with like Questline Druid, Questline um, Tony, uh, uh, Demon Hunter, um, even Shaman for uh, fellow aggro enjoyers, and uh, Shutterwalk Shaman. But there's still room for like to, to uh, experiment, to have fun, to, to to see kind of what there is. You know, Questline Druid, okay, like they're like hitting you in the face. You can do some taunts to kind of play around that one. Um, you know, Tony Demon Hunter, uh, you can just like, you know, smack them in the face first. Even Shaman, you can control their board. Like, so there's still that kind of room for iteration if you can kind of know who or, or, or what it is that you're playing against. Um, so it's it's kind of, you know, the, the, it is definitely still top heavy. You know, that's it's not completely wide open, but but there is still that kind of wiggle room currently. Now, there was always kind of the concept of in wild, uh, you can go and play those decks that you used to love. Patron Warrior or um, things like that. Is that true or is that sort of a myth and you now have to play specific decks that are more tuned to the wild meta? So you can play those decks, um, but the power level of Hearthstone honestly has skyrocketed since then that um, they probably won't do too well, you know, like. They they unnerfed Warsong Commander. Warsong Commander actually does what it what it used to do. You can play Patron Warrior now. Nobody's playing Patron Warrior because it like it, it was oppressive at the time. Like Warsong Commander is like the quintessential like nerf like into the ground. It's not even played now. Um, so you can't really play your old decks so much like like I would like to. Um, but it's more because you know just the the standard card sets have just gotten so much more powerful than anything else. And if you would like to hear more about Power Creep, you can listen to our episode last week where we talked to Zeddy about that very topic. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Titans tomorrow, how much does a new set release change up the wild meta? And um, what cards already look fine and standard, but are going to possibly break wild metas that you can see so far in the new expansion? Yeah, so... Uh, Used to, it was like a, a, a meme that like, oh, a new set's going to come out. What's going to change in wild? Nothing. That changed um, with the, the standard year that contained United and Stormwind. Um, you know, Stormwind came out. Quest lines were everywhere. Um, quest line Pirate Warrior was like super strong, for example. Um now it, it's kind of hit and miss. Like there are typically about like five to ten cards that come out that warp the the format. Sometimes like to the point where cards have to be banned, like like the Demon Seed, the the uh, Warlock quest line. Um, sometimes it's just like super strong, and you have to either try and play it or play around it. Um, and sometimes things don't change as much. It, it, it's kind of dependent on the power level, the relative power level of the new set. Um, I think that Titans will probably have a decent impact. I don't think it'll be Stormwind impact, but I, I think we'll we'll see that in Wild. One of the things that we will see in Wild that you know will be super strong that standards like I mean it's good. Um, Ancient Totem. Ancient Totem is a zero mana, zero three totem. W what are you going to do with that in standard? I mean, like the totem shaman's a thing in standard, but like, is it is it going to be a meta tyrant? Probably, especially after the new expansion. Probably not. In wild, though, we have even shaman. And if you can on turn one button double zero drop. <laughs> then play two buffs one that buffs everything with uh, plus two attack one that's everything plus two uh durability or, or health like boom all of a sudden you have this like almost oppressive board on turn one so it, th that ancient totem will will be um pretty strong um historically uh, honestly right now currently in the meta tony is a pretty good example of that like people tried to make him work in standard and you know every once in a while he'd kind of peek his head out but not not be oppressive the questline demon hunter right now is is that kind of meta tyrant and heavily features tony that's fair enough and the the, the totem 
deck you were describing sounded an awful lot like uh, Mech Paladin. Because I, I, I've been sending you some of the screenshots of my games, <laughs> and it's just like, hey, this was turn one, and I have a 5-6 Mech Warper and two, like, 1-2 something. I'm like, how is this? Th- I don't even know how I did that. Like, I couldn't even tell, go back and tell you what cards I played in what order to make that happen. But it's like, oh, that's turn one. Have fun. Um, so yeah, I can see the, and the, the, I can see where that power level is there and why decks that were in standard in a, uh, meta, like a Rastakhan's rumble meta are not going to be able to overcome the cumulative effect of a collection of what, and the same thing happens with, um, things in like magic, the gathering and stuff like that. There's so many cards that you can build from the entire sets that they have to limit mm-hmm. some of those things. So, um, so the barrier to wild for most people has always been the card collection. Um, how has Blizzard improved this lately? Because they seem like they've done some things to make that barrier a little easier to um, to overcome. And what would you suggest that they could do to possibly make it even better? Yeah, so honestly, I think that the perception that wild has that kind of harder barrier to entry is a little bit of an urban legend, truthfully. Um Crafting a wild deck is most effective with dust because if you're looking for one card in Rastakhan's Rumble, right? Like you don't want to just buy Rastakhan's Rumble packs to get your one card, right? Um, if you're looking for that, it's really hard hard to cr- crack it. Um, but once you have Secret Mage, for example, you can keep playing secret mage and it may get some some new tools like uh alaneth rotated out of the the established list in favor of sage um for for that draw engine you know so so key pieces sometimes change but once once you get that deck odds are it's just like tweaking it rather than you know kind of like standard where it rotates you know a new expansion comes out is last expansions deck going to be like that, that super powerful deck? Not so much. Um, this has changed a little bit recently with the, the newer um, expansions being more powerful, right? Like the, um, the meta has changed a little bit more than, than it used to. Um, but I honestly still feel a lot more pressure to like get packs to, to keep current and standard than I do in wild for sure. Um, so I I think that the frequent balance changes, you know, with people getting dust um, is one of the things that's kind of made wild a lot easier to keep up with because of that dust phenomenon being um, the 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 economy. Like you, you're not really worried about packs and don't buy wild packs unless you're trying to 100 percent the collection because it's just so deep that you're you're not going to get whatever it is you're looking for. Um same with most of the expansions. So, so dust being that that kind of prime um, currency has has definitely made the uh, nerfs and getting more dust more impactful as well. But wild can definitely be more affordable and more accessible. Um, and I think that if Blizzard really wanted wild to kind of succeed and kind of take the next step, um, there are a couple things that I would like to see. Uh, one of those is let's make crafting wild cards cheaper. Like, wh- wh- why is it going to cost forty dust to to craft a, a a common card that you can't play in the the rotating format? So, so if they were wanting to do that, lowering the barrier to entry would be one way. The other way, and and this is the one that that I think would be more realistic than kind of a, a massive dust overhaul. Um, have the rewards chest be mode specific. So like I I hit legend and uh, standard wild classic, standard wild twist. I, I only get the rewards for, you know, one chest. Whereas if I'm, you know, trying to build a collection and I'm, you know, playing in standard and I'm, you know, getting my rewards there and then I hop over to wild and all of a sudden I'm getting wild specific rewards too. I think that's one way that they could kind of lower that barrier to entry by kind of rewarding people for playing different modes as well. I like it. Now it's interesting you bring up the dust because they haven't changed the way dust works from the very, very beginning. And it always felt like at the beginning, it kind of felt bad because you know, you could disenchant a legendary for 1,600 dust and I mean, you would, you would get 400 dust 
and the legend and the legendary cost four times that. And you can then disenchant the golden to get the a regular version of another one. And and at some point you thought they might adjust. Now, I'm not complaining because again, I feel like they've been very generous and Agreed. that they are very giving, but the dust system always felt like at some point maybe they would make some adjustments so it didn't quite feel as bad. Um, and I, I, I do like that concept of in wild, maybe making things cheaper because why did not slight side mm-hmm. jag? Cause you were talking about the mage. Um, and this is something I meant to mention in Titans. I really want to get an Eggwin buff onto a Sif. Ooh, that's spicy. I would love to do that too. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's, that's going to be one of my goals in the first few days is just to like, get like a nice, uh, they sif up there with like a plus nine spell damage and, and a couple arcane bolts and you know what happened. But um, right. <laughs> when it happens, hello, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the goal. So what would you, we talked a little bit about this, but let's say somebody is saying, you know what? I want to get into wild. How would you recommend that they start? Like, because right now it's like, well, when, so when I go when I when I go to buy a new bowling ball, which I never have, I'm still using the same hand-me-down balls from um, my uncle from two, in 2020, and they were used balls then. So, but every time I go to go to buy a bowling ball, I'm, I'm asked, "What do you want it to do?" And mm. get strikes isn't the answer. It's like because because obviously you want to get strikes, but it's like, do you want it to go long and, and hook in the middle? Do you want it like how do you want to go? I'm like, well, I have a certain thing, but like I don't have that. Not, and I and I freeze when I get that, and then I never buy the the bowling ball because I I don't know what I want it to do, and I probably should just buy one and try it out and learn and advance that skill, but I don't. So I feel like that's kind of the same concept here. Is if someone says, "I want to play wild," what do I do? So what advice do you have for that person? Yeah. So my first bit of advice would be to just start playing wild. You can play standard decks in wild. So if you start playing those decks in wild, you can you, you see what you're playing against. Hey, that deck looked really fun. Oh, that, you know, I, I dislike that playing against that one. But like, that's not one that would be really fun for me to play that kind of thing. So so first you kind of get a grasp of the meta. You kind of see what it is you kind of want to look for. Um, so once you kind of have identified what you're looking for, there are a lot of those decks that are kind of standard decks with the like, you know, wild synergies kind of thrown in there, too. Um, that's kind of the the next step. But the biggest step to me is there are a lot of wild exclusive cards that are seen in quite a few different wild decks. Like, you know, if you want to play a lot of uh, different even decks, then Gin Greymane is a super great craft. Um, if you're a, an aggro enjoyer like myself, then Patches plays in so many things from from rogue to to priest aggro priest like like he's super versatile like patches is great um so so finding those kind of key cards that hit multiple different not just um decks but classes and archetypes that way um that's probably the the biggest one and then of course finding a, a wild creator that that you like and seeing what lists that they're running whenever you're ready to take the final step and solidifying a deck too. I would not recommend taking Mark McKay's decks as no. your first pick for wild decks. Like I said, I've talked about this before. I love his Sunkeeper Ra Rogue. I play that all the time. But oh, so so what are your favorite I I know you talked that you've done a lot of uh, aggro druid and, and dude paladin and all but what are your favorite off the wall wild decks this isn't in the question list but like what are the weird let's get weird wild decks that you like to play my go-to right now is probably even so even death knight but it's the buff death knight so it's i, I call it buff so it's double blood unholy so uh you know i've been playing a lot of death knight obviously. Um, so double blood, you know, you, you buff your hand with, with those double, uh, blah, 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 double blood buffs. That's a tongue twister. Um, but then you also have a lot of the like neutral from cards from forever ago that are still really powerful now, like anything that summon a copy of, if you buff that, like you feel really good about it. So that's my favorite kind of off the wall one right now that is definitely never going to be that like meta deck, but I'd still really enjoy jamming it. 
And instead of saying double blood buff, you can just say, are you down with DBB? Yeah, you know me. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite wild deck um, is actually the Scam Rogue, Scam Dragon Rogue, where you play mm. a you play the Death Rattle weapon, you summon the, I think it's Kobold Illusionist, uh, you... Huh, monsters you, behind you! Monsters behind That's my favorite voice line, too. And you you trigger the Death Rattle. The only Death Rattle you have in the deck is Deathwing, um, the, the Deathwing that summons all the dragons from your hand, mm-hmm. and you play some Secret Passages, and you just get, like, a turn full. If it played, even with the nerf to that card that went from four to five... It's still pretty bonkers, and you can on turn five you can get a board full of dragons, and and it is just it is so much fun, and people don't usually see it coming because it's not a very you can play some of those weird janky decks, and maybe you're not gonna you know run at a sixty percent win rate, but you can win just on on surprise factor alone because a lot of times people don't see Sunkeeper Rock coming, Obelisk whatever coming, you know because they're you they. They're doing their thing, and then all of a sudden, like, what is this person doing? And then that turn, you have that combo thing, and they have no idea what they're going to do with it. So that's one thing I I personally like about Wild. But Twist and Duels are modes that um, seemingly are also trying to reward people from having a a collection. And that they want you to... It's a business. They want you to buy older packs. They want you to buy golden packs so you can disenchant the extra golden cards to get the dust to buy the wild. It's a business. They want to make money. So they want to encourage you to buy more than just a standard. So they've in, they they first they gave us duels. Now they've given us twist. Um, do we feel like these modes? Um, well, and while t- twist is new, we, the jury's still out on on what what it's going to look like, what kind of investment you need. But um, do you feel like that these modes are drawing more people into wild? So I don't necessarily see it, but. I think that's probably more of the kind of self-selection bias, right? Like I'm, you know, in all of these communities and wild podcasts and stuff like that, typically really heavily engaged people. So um, I have more seen uh, twist and duels kind of taking a lot of people who are heavily invested in wild and having them seeing them also being you know, playing duels and twist and, and, and these others that reward you for already having the collection more so than I've seen the other way around. Um, but I think that might be a little bit more of the result of just who it is that I'm seeing those more heavily engaged players. That's fair. Um, and I always, I, if I, I'm glad they finally figured out that if they reduce the barrier to entry to some of these modes, that more people might start playing with them. And I wish they would have figured that out before they released Mercenaries. And I wish they would have figured yeah. that out before some other things like Twist even still. And I think this is why we were getting the surveys about, hey, would you pay for a subscription to get all the cards? Mm-hmm. And we, so I think that's kind of where they're going with those. Maybe we'll see that, maybe we won't. But um, I think that's where their thinking is as far as these older sets where you might not want to invest in the barrier of owning everything or at least the perception of needing to own everything because of that is is something that they're trying to overcome, and I like that. But um, while Twist isn't what we... Um, we were told a couple things. We were told that our collection was going to be important and not to dust things right away, and we found that out because of the new, new, new Age format for this Twist, and that made sense. But we were also given some information by Matt London that there would be updates to Wild coming this year. And boy, do they need it, I, I would think, because Wild is, I, I wouldn't say stale, right? But it was, it's definitely a format that's hard to change or move because their interest is keeping standard solidified, mm-hmm. and that's where the balances come from. Wild, not so much. So instead of like adjusting, they usually just ban cards, or that's kind of been their go-to until they rotate out of standard. Then they might make an adjustment like the wild uh, demon seed. Now I think it's ten per tick, and it was banned. Yeah, it's a lot, <laughs> and it's still doable though. I still see it. So, mm-hmm. um, but there's supposed to be wild changes coming. So, what do you think they are, and what do you hope they are? So, what do I think they are? Honestly, like there's no telling. It could be almost anything. But if I'm you know speculating, which is the prompt um, i can see them kind of going two different ways with it one unnerfing everything 
just go completely wild, legitimately wild for a little bit. Just like what debauchery will you (laughs) folks get up to? Like what what can you possibly do with this? I don't think that's particularly possible, like that that that's not that's like a you know maybe five percent chance that's being generous what i think is more likely is you know you've talked about it's a business and they, they want to monetize stuff potentially like a wild exclusive set or mini set is what i think is a little bit more kind of likely you know hey you, you play this thing here's um new jade cards right like here here's new like highlander cards you know oh zephyrus now is going to pool from a different pool instead, you know, like those kind of changes that are, you know, wild specific and would completely change the format, but completely insulated from standard. Now, if I had my wish, it would be for that kind of wild specific card and kind of release, but it would be a little bit more in the vein of the core set. Right. Um, So another one of those kind of initiatives to kind of soften that barrier to entry to the format to kind of entice people like, hey, your favorite cards just rotated. Oh, you're not particularly enjoying standard right now. Well, you've got like a a deck that you can pretty much play with these corset cards that are powerful. But these wild corset cards like give it a spin. So so that that's that's kind of my hope. But. Uh, I, I don't know that that's particularly likely either. <laughs> I do like how you went from talking to Zephyrus to talking about your wishes. Um, I, <laughs> I don't think they're going to touch Zephyrus either because from what it sounds like, that code is held together with bubble gum and duct tape. And they don't yes. want to mess with that at all. Because uh, it would be nice to say, I don't know, instead of getting an ooze, you could get a viper or whatever. You know, there, there, there's opportunity there. And I, I would love to see another card like that because that was such a crazy fun card. And... I don't know. Uh, it was it was super ambitious, and I think that's what makes Hearthstone such a great game. Is it does things that you can't do in other card games that have. How how would you even think about doing that in Magic as a paper game? Like, uh I and all of a sudden do this, and then you just like write it down. I I don't know. Like that's that that's all I got, and it's not a good answer. <laughs> no. So I think we've hit a lot of things here. Um, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners in regards to the wild? Absolutely. Um, the way that I have always treated, well, Hearthstone in general, but especially wild, is just a place to go and have fun. Um, so if you're wanting to play some some decks that you can feel like super powerful, drop all of these cards on turn one, just have a blast, wild is probably a good place for you. Um Obviously, that can happen to you as well. And, you know, shrug, move on. Sometimes you high roll. Sometimes you get high rolled. Um, but give it a shot. Like, it's it's a really fun mode. If you enter it with the, the right headspace, which I, I feel like is kind of Hearthstone in general, right? Like, two, two people enter every game. One person loses. Sometimes you're that person. If you're Tito lately then uh, in Wild, then it's not you very often, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's a blast. I, I really enjoy it, and I, I hope that if you haven't been playing it, you give it a shot, see if you like it, and if you don't, that's cool. Not your mode, that's all right. And if you do, then hey, one of us, one of us. <laughs> now, I know I just tried to signal us to wrap up this topic, but... How do you think the wild community would react if they changed wild to be a curated format where you got blocks that you played with instead of uh, just being free nilly willy wild? Because it looked so they got rid of classic for twist. So they may mm-hmm. not be looking to add another mode to find another place for and all that. So if maybe the change of wild is, hey, this month is going to be Rossicon's Rumble plus uh, Goblins versus Gnome plus you know, Skolomance plus whatever curated format, however they do it. Do you think wild players would embrace that or do you think they would lose their minds? I don't think it would be particularly well received um, because they're like, you know, hey, I have all of these cards that now I can't play. And it would just kind of be that, you know, feeling that they were taking something away from you. So I, I don't think it would be very well received. But also when people are unhappy, that's when they're vocal. Right. Like that's why you see, you know, Twitter seems like it's a blaze uh, about this, that or the other 
topic in 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 Hearthstone, that being one. <laughs> uh, but the vocal, you know, unhappy folks. Whenever you're unhappy, that that's when you're, you know, hey, I really enjoyed this deck. You're not gonna probably be blasting that on on social media all the time. You know, maybe once or twice, but not to the same extent as the kind of negative echo chambers. So um, I don't think it would be well-received, but I also think that when people are unhappy, you hear from them more in general. And I think that we exist in a world in the Hearthstone community where we see such a limited subset of folks that play Hearthstone, yet it feels like it's a majority because it's the world we live in. So we could see they make a change and have people throw a complete fit in Twitter and Reddit but Hearthstone is looking at their numbers and they're saying, hey, we've seen a 20% increase in this mode and spending is up. And while, yeah, sure, maybe Brian Kibler is unhappy, they're happy with the numbers and happy with that. So we don't see that part of the business. Uh, we only right. hear the people that are vocal and that are fully engaged. So I, I definitely think that's interesting. I can't wait to see what they have. Matt London has done fantastic work just kind of representing um that, oh and we did we did miss skip one question i think that was pretty important and and we're we're on time so um one complaint that people do have about wild is and we touched on this a little bit is the infrequent updates and a lot of times they just decide to ban cards and 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 maybe they make occasional changes when it's like we we definitely need to change this because it's just bonkers like uh the naga sea witch or whatever it was mm -hmm. um and sometimes they just have to do it but um, how do you feel like lately uh, Team 5 has been doing with this? And how do you think they could do a little better job of it? I'm glad that you invoked Matt London's name. Because ever since he took the helm of modes, I feel like we've gotten a lot better communication about the format. And actually, we've had more, you know, balance adjustments than than we've had before. Um, back in my day, um, you know, way back when, um, when... You know, there there was this meme that that was going around, and still kind of is, is that devs don't care about wild. And I never thought that was the true, but truth. But back then, when there was like nothing, unless things got super dire, um, like I I could kind of see where that perception was coming from, even though I don't think it was legit. Um, that's not the case at all anymore. Like there there was this like OTK that was going on. Um, with uh, OTK, yeah, there was this big OTK with test subject, and you know, in in, in the um, like people were identifying it and being like, "This is going to be terrible." Before it actually came out, they made an adjustment, and that OTK, which would have been oppressive, we we just didn't didn't see it, and you know, we missed out on an Anaga Sea Witch type of situation. Um, so so they're taking proactive measures even. So I, I feel like they've come a long way both in communication and in um, you know actually addressing uh, the issues sometimes before they become issues. Um, so so I, I think that they've come a long way. Um, and there are some really positive vocal people in the wild scene, um, you know, Blister guy, you you mentioned, you know, he he plays wild, though he's not exclusively, you know, a wild exclusive player. Uh, Corbett, um, you know, we we actually hosted a Wild People's Choice Awards a while ago, and you know, like pulled everyone and like got a, a you know a few hundred like submissions and, and 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 results and stuff like that. And Corb won the best wild community figure, and he's a fantastic representative representative of the mode. Super positive, super knowledgeable, super like competitive, like he's incredible. Um, Martian Boo is another one of those. So like if you curate you, the people who you follow to where you're getting those more positive, um, you know, kind of feedback, it's not to say that they're always positive, right? Like they, they have legitimate critiques too, but, but they're not that, you know, we were talking about that negative echo chamber earlier that you can kind of avoid that a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. And with, so let's talk about that um, test subject now. Now, when you yes. nerf the test subject, you nerf other decks that use test subject, which then kind of angers some folks because, hey, I have this deck that I like and now I can't play it because you introduced something new that I now can't do. Like, is that really a problem or is that just kind of maybe a couple people that are kind of sad and you got to do the what's better for the good? 
And I think with test subject in particular, <laughs> using test subject as a test subject, um, the that like OTK, like uh, that APM OTK priest that that it was from, the the play rate on that was like like you said, a couple people. Like it was it was super low. Um, so so I think that for the better of the format, you know, you're you're only kind of angering unless people are just wanting to be upset, you know, only actually affecting like a a small handful of people to keep the the entire meta from being completely warped. Um so so I think that 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 one was a really good good preventative measure. That's fair. Um but yeah, that's that I think that wraps it up. I'm getting a little full though. Um but I think, you know, I could get some dessert. What about yourself? Absolutely. I'm always down for some dessert. All right, so everybody, I, we we talk about this every week. Uh, we're new, but we're we're almost hitting a year now. We've been around for a while. I think we've I think we have made great strides from that first podcast that we we tried to now, and we have had amazing guests after amazing guests after amazing guests. We're punching well above our weight with with the quality of the guests that we have. So um, we appreciate all the support that you guys have had, but. If you'd like to see us continue to get these guests and and build a bigger audience, if you can give us a review on Spotify or iTunes, it takes a few minutes. Uh, I understand some people have to, do I even still have iTunes installed? It can be problematic. I get it. But that's the way the system works. And give us a five-star review. If you give us a, you, people can give, you can give us a, uh, five stars, but if you also give us a review, we'll read it on the air. We'll talk about it. We'll acknowledge you and we'll thank you. And if you give us a one-star review, we'll, um, I don't know, probably still read it and, and be sad. But it's okay. That's Aww. that's fine. I Yeah, you know, it is what it is. So <laughs> let me ask you a question. What's your favorite dessert? And I've got to go with peach cobbler. You know, I, I, I grew up in, in the South, unfortunately, or, or fortunately. Fortunately, when it comes to peach cobbler, because peach cobbler is delicious. Um, also pecan pie, like if I have to choose between the two, then like odds are I'm, I'm just going to loosen, loosen my belt a little bit and get a piece of both. Now, have you ever heard the expression? It's as easy as pecan pie. I have. Delicious. Just, just the guy. Are you listening? I'm just saying. Um, all right. <laughs> so where can people find you when, if they want to consume some, if they want to hear more of you. Besides, I have a feeling that this won't be your last appearance here on the Bread and Butter podcast. But if, if aside from being an occasional guest here, where can people find you? Absolutely. So around the Internet, um, I can be found at Electric Sheep City, places where that name fits, like Twitch or like Blue Sky. And at eSheep City and places where that doesn't fit fit like Twitter. Um, I can be found every week at um, sorry x not twitter you're right <laughs> i can be found every week uh, on born to be wild a hearthstone podcast um featuring wild and wild adjacent uh discussions uh we we talk about twist quite a bit these days as well um and odds are if you are in a hearthstone discord if you type at and just start typing my name i i, I may be there as well yeah, you you are in quite a few discords, and I, I definitely have enjoyed seeing you kind of pop up in other discords that I'm around in. So it's been great. And you can find Doc McButt at Doc McButt. That's D O C M C B U T T. Yes, I did say his name has butt in it. Uh, huh. But you can find him on Twitter and Twitch there. Not usually on Twitch, but he does occasionally stream. And you can find me at Tito Santana HS on both Twitter and Twitch. And now you can also find me at Tito Santana HS on YouTube. I finally have enough followers and content that they will give me an actual uh, handle versus just a random string of letters. Now, there's an at in the beginning of that, which I could not figure out how to get rid of. Apparently, you can't now anymore. So it's a little weird. But um, yeah, we're, we're doing a lot more content and we have lots coming out. So I uh, appreciate any support we get there. Um uh, Electric Sheep City, do you have any shout outs? By the way, how do you like that shortened? Because obviously people aren't going to call you Electric Sheep City all the time. Do you like ESC? Do you like sheep? Do you like Electric Boy? What do you like? <laughs> yeah, in text, either ESC or sheep. Verbally, sheep is kind of kind of the go-to. Right. Yeah. But you got any shout outs this week? 
Absolutely. So uh, first, of course, shout out to, to y'all for having me on. Um, shout out to my fellow hosts uh, Board to be Wild, so Nate Wolf and Hydralisk, and of course, uh, the folks o- over at Squelch and the Hearthstone podcast community at large. Fantastic folks. Um, and who, let, let's be real. We should all be shouting out Ridiculous Hat like all day, every day. So shout out to you, Hat. Hats off. Hat is phenomenal. And uh, every time he helps me out, it's just appreciated. And sometimes like unexpected things happen. Like I asked a couple weeks ago, hey, who should I have on the show for Arena? And he introduced me to Judge. He said, you should bring Judge on. And he introduced me. He just said, you should bring Judge on. Now Judge is part of Hype Horizon and probably the face of Hype Horizon or one of the faces of Hype Horizon. He's a fantastic guy. He's on my Battlegrounds team. And it's just all from Hat just giving him the finger saying, Judge. Um, I want to thank you for not only being on here, but I'm assuming you had a hand in suggesting a raid the other night where after the Born to be Wild podcast, which I believe is the one where you're talking to Blister Guy, you guys came over to my channel. So I appreciate that. That was really nice. And I also am looking forward to uh, Just a Guy's episode on your show. And meanwhile, let's also thank Just a Guy because he's he's just such a wealth of knowledge. He's such a great person. He uh, fun to talk to and helpful and interesting. And so we're going to shout out to him and hopefully doc is getting internet back soon and that he is not, um, underwater right now in the monsoon that he's living in. But anyway, I think that's it for us. I think we're toast. We'll see ya. <laughs> Disguised toast. <laughs> Slide two brothers meet one another when they slide up to the mic. It's bread and butter with one another. Let's start up that recording light. <laughs> <laughs>